Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 15. This last week, I met up with my dear friend, Jesse Stone, for us to have a lot of interesting conversations. Um, we actually had some really great conversation before and after, some of which was kind of uncomfortable for me because it required me to ask myself a lot of very hard questions, especially with the state of things that are going on in the world right now. Um, but that's what this all is about, right? We in the rooms of recovery and in life in general, uh, we interact with people who have lots of things and experiences and situations that we can learn and grow from. And what I try and do is connect with other people that I respect and grow and learn and listen. And Jesse was a great guest to have on. And I'm so glad that I got that experience. And he really opened my eyes to different perspectives on things. And, um, I hope that you all get something out of this and as much hopefully as I did and ask yourself those hard questions and grow from them. Um, I really appreciate everyone who's been listening. Um, Feel free to tune in live on Facebook every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, if you'd like to follow the inst- or the Instagram, you can follow Instagram too, at Control Issues 19 to stay updated. But if you'd like to watch the live tapings of Control Issues, um, like and follow the Control Issues Facebook page. Um, and then listen wherever you get your posca- podcasts on Mondays. Um, the episodes drop at midnight, so before you even wake up, you have the opportunity to listen. So thank you so much for tuning in, listening, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. All right. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 15 of Control Issues. We're coming at you live on Facebook. I have the lovely Jesse Stone joining me, um, and we are meeting here socially distanced still, you know, coronavirus, although I've been (laughs) violating that a little bit with some protesting, but I've worn a mask. I've worn a mask the whole time, so grandma, don't be mad at me, Um, but... Um, Beyond that, yes, this is Jesse Stone. Um, He is the other half of Jarrett and Jesse, wonderful twins, but you are your own person and awesome as well. Thank you for acknowledging that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what it's like to be a twin, but I can only imagine that it's always just like the Stones, like just together. Um, So thank you for meeting with me and taking time out of your day. Um, You know, hopefully you got a chance to go vote um weird polling issues up here oh yeah you have your sticker on i didn't even notice it um very purposely i'm actually going to go vote after this because i couldn't make it in time the line was incredibly long and they in i live in fulton county in atlanta um and they pushed it back till 9 p.m because of all the issues with the voting and so once i'm done i can run over there and then as long as you're in line by nine so who knows how late i'll be voting (laughs) yeah i I mean i hope that you'll be able to do it at all i'm sure like a lot of of issues going on with those the new uh machines oh they're gonna fucking hear my voice maybe not not out loud right like i'm gonna be respectful but if they want me to do a paper one we'll see what happens um it's it's definitely interesting how they rolled out a new system it didn't work but hey the joy of new systems so I mean, if the long if the if the line is long enough, you might want to look into casting an absentee ballot while we're waiting in line. Oh, that's true. Good thoughts. We're learning new things here, all about voting. So if you haven't had a chance today and you are live, hop on your phone, take the Facebook Live with you, and uh, go cast your vote and use your voice. Um, do it, please amen do it. Mend that. Um, get educated, listen, and use your voice. So to backtrack just a little bit, this is Jesse. Um, there are probably lots of lovely people watching who know who you are, but for those who don't, um, could you give us just like a small introduction to yourself, where you're from, all that jazz? Sure. So I am Jesse Stone, as you mentioned, Zora. Um, 
I'm 29 years old. I am originally from the state of New Jersey, the Garden State. Um, I have a twin brother by the name of Jarrett, who uh, looks shockingly similar to me now, especially uh, that we're both bald. <laughs> I um, I am a person that's in long-term recovery. I uh, just celebrated six years. Um, I got clean in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I moved to Georgia a little bit over a year ago. Um, okay. Georgia's been very, very welcoming to me. I've, I've, I've met a lot of people here, um, you know, that I, th I consider to be really good friends. Um, and uh, I, I, I honestly look forward to staying here for the rest of my life. I, I, you know, was, you and I were talking about this a little bit before, Zora, so I was meditating before mm -hmm. uh, you and I hopped on this podcast and, uh, and I just kept thinking how much I love to be um, in an area that seems so cognizant of, you know, issues that are going on, uh, not even just in the state of Georgia, just, you know, around the world. You know, mm -hmm. I think that this is really the epicenter of, uh, of, of, of culture and, uh, and a change. Yeah. If you want to be about it, be about it. Right. Um, so your brother, your twin uh, has joined us. Um, Jarrett is here watching. Which one of you is older before we get into the fun stuff? I'm the youngest in my family. Um, Jarrett's older than me by one minute. Oh, that's close though. Like yeah, that's, close. that's pretty close. I've heard some people like I'm older by 11 minutes and you're like, okay, you're definitely, I mean, you're, he's definitely older, but, um, one minute's pretty close. So you guys are, are definitely very twinning. Um, for so, sure. I'll, I'll leave it up to all of everybody that's watching to determine who acts older. <laughs> uh, I have a, I have an opinion on that one. I think it's definitely you. Um, Jared, I love you very much, um, but you're a little bit more e even keel. He's the, you know, everyone has different things about their personalities. And I mean that with the most love, but if you have feedback on that, if you think that Jared or Jesse are more of the older one, with the minute discrepancy there, um, put your feedback in the comments or shoot me a message. Um, and if you want to shoot a message about any of these episodes or listen to them, they're available on Spotify and iTunes for the audio. They get posted on Monday mornings. Um, this Monday, we did not have one as I chose to be silent for last week's taping and allow for um, my listeners to listen to women of color. Um, I posted about it on the at control issues 19 Instagram page. So please check that out. If you see the square that says I am muted underneath there, I listed five incredible women of color and their podcasts. And you should definitely check them out because right now they deserve a voice. They always deserve a voice, but definitely I could use to be a little bit more silent and allow other people to shine. Um, and as the great Lizzo would say, we all shine when one, at least one of us is shining. So to dive into some awesome topics, I have a lot of people on here who work in recovery. And I noticed that as I was looking through my list of like, who was I to ask for next week? And I was like, wow, everyone's in recovery, but I have yet to ask one incredible question, which is how do you, while working in a recovery, separate your program from the work? Because I've seen those get intermingled and I've seen it not end up as great as you would assume. So sure. what do you do for that? So the first thing that I would say to that is knowing that there's a difference between working in treatment and working in recovery. So okay. working, working recovery, that's just not the verbiage that I use. You know what I mean? Okay. And I, I don't ever try and get the two confused. Um, because the simple fact of it is, is that, you know, recovery is available to everybody. It's free of charge. You know, it's available to those who want it. Uh, treatment is not available necessarily to the people that, that want treatment. It's not available to everybody. It's definitely not necessarily free of charge. Um, so 
when I'm thinking about my own personal recovery and uh, and how it relates to what I do for work, um, that's the that's the blinding distinction, you know. Um, beyond that, uh, separating the two is um, I, w- I mean it's not it's not entirely difficult. I've been doing this for some years. Just to let everybody know, I don't know I, I, I don't know for those who don't know. Uh, I am the executive director of a facility in Peachtree City called Georgia Addiction Treatment Center, and I've been doing that for a little bit over a year now. Um, it is the job of my dreams. Um, I'm very fortunate to to have the position that I have um, and make treatment available to you know to 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 a variety of different people, and uh, and also bring the service of substance abuse and and mental health awareness to the to the south side of Atlanta. Um, you know, which there's just been a a big need for as well. Um, but to get back to the question, how do I separate my own recovery and uh, and working treatment? Um, the answer for me is simple. It's I've gone through the way that I work my program, right? Mm-hmm. I, I work the twelve step method. I'm, I'm I'm a member of a, of a fellow of a twelve step fellowship, and um and in these these fellowships, uh, there's these things called traditions, and uh, and they and they help us to navigate the world in large groups. You know, mm-hmm. it it. it, it, it for me, and this is just for me, uh, you know, working the traditions has has allowed me to, uh, to to see what's important in my life and not have to push that on to, you know, what else, what someone else's life looks like. Um, I always invite that the conversation of uh, if somebody wants to have a conversation with me while at work about what my recovery looks like, I'm an open book. You can ask me, you know, any question that you'd like. Um, but I don't, I don't try and bring that into, uh, into the workplace. I just think that, um, it gets really muddy, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, you, you probably know too, Zora, you know, the population that, you know, just addicts in recovery aren't always the nicest people. <laughs> a lot of them are very nice, but, you know, a lot of them aren't sometimes, especially when you rub them the wrong way. Right. And you try to feed them stuff. Yeah. And then they try and say, oh, well, I'm just being honest, but something I've learned through my edification of myself this past week, um, or edification for myself, I guess, whatever the wording is, is that um, anytime you have a statement that's like, no offense, but they're going to say something offensive, or um, I don't want to be racist, but, or um, I don't mean to stereotype, but, or I'm just, I, I need to be honest, like, but all that stuff. Anytime you put that but in there, you've just now said something that's maybe honest without love and pardon my cat who's like over obsessed with me today trying to be on this. Um, I almost knocked him off the chair earlier. So I'm sorry, trigger, but um, anyway, so yeah, I like what you said about that. Like you're well welcoming the conversation, but those two things are completely separate. Um, I don't work in recovery. I don't work in treatment. I don't work. uh, I mean, I work in construction, so um, I don't have experience with that, but I have seen people who have turned into like well, I went to a meeting today. Well, did you go to a meeting because you were going for work or did you go to a meeting for yourself, right? And I can imagine, but I don't know firsthand that it's probably very trying sometimes because if you've worked 40 hours um, helping people, what's left for yourself, you know? Um, so I think it's incredible. I think the work you're doing is incredible. Um, if you want to plug um, where you work a little bit more at the end, I definitely welcome that um, because you guys are doing incredible things. Um, I appreciate that. Not every. I probably will. Oh, I'll definitely give you the floor. Um, not everyone, um, or excuse me, not every treatment facility and not every IOP is doing the right thing. And it's very sad and it breaks my heart. Um, but at the same point in time, that is life. And so it's important to really focus on those that are doing the deal because without you I mean, guys... can I stop you there, Zora? I yeah, want to yeah. say this. Yeah. 
Um, and and I don't want to get too political or, or anything like that. Um, but just that narrative, I feel like, is is a big part of the reason why uh, so many treatment facilities pop up and they're not mm -hmm. invested in, in the in the population that they're supposed to be to be helping. Um, so I take okay. great pride in being a member of, you know, in, in recovery and also being the executive director of a treatment center. And I believe that being in recovery makes me specifically uh, appropriate to have the job that I have, mm -hmm. you know, um, because beyond being the executive director, the way that I am in my day-to-day -day life is the way that I am at work. Right. You know, it's, it's about punctuality. It's about treating people with respect. It's about having courage to do, you know, sometimes what's not necessarily the easiest thing to do. Um, it's about, you know, following through, you know, with commitments and, uh, and, 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 most importantly, like I'm a servant of the of the clients that I provide a service to, mm -hmm. you know, and and I I feel uh, that you know when we when we start talking about people, you know, or different PHPs or ILPs don't you know necessarily aren't doing the right thing, yeah. uh, but that's yeah. life. I think that is uh, that's a conversation that you know we can't just stop it at they're not doing the right thing, but hey, you know that's life. That's kind of like you know. There's people being murdered in the street, but you know, hey, they're you know that's life. You know? I I 100% I, agree I, with you, um, and I I apologize for coming off as a little bit callous. Like the I hate the phrase "boys will be boys," right? Like it's uh, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know and is newly listening, like I'm a pretty strong feminist, and I love to stand up for everything that I believe in with action, not just my words and social media posts. So um, that was not my intention, but it was a good good reminder of like that wording is important. It's not okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not afraid to when someone's mom says, where should they go? I think I'm going to send them to X, Y, or Z. I'll be like, well, um, it depends on if you want practicing principles and all their affairs. Um, people are human, but it definitely does not make it right. And there should probably be, and I don't know, I really don't know. So maybe there already are these programs in place, but things that are checking people, right? Like I recently found out that a lot of treatment centers employ people and don't drug test their employees, which blows my mind. If Office Max can drug test you before you come to work, wouldn't you think that somewhere where you're, you know, in recovery and supposed to be showing other people what it's like to be in recovery? But that's another tech right. talk. I mean, um, listen, so I, I I got clean in Florida. I got clean in a, in a facility, uh, you know, that doesn't have the best reputation in South Florida. So, um, you know, I believe very much in mm -hmm. redemption. I okay. believe in redemption so, so very much. I believe that, you know, what, what, if someone does something wrong or unethical, that doesn't mean that they're a wrong or unethical person necessarily, that, right. you know, people can change. I, that's one thing that I believe, you know, re, you know, recovery has taught me. I don't want to say more than anything else, but definitely a big thing that I take away from my own recovery is I believe in redemption. Um, but, you know, and I don't want to get into too much of, of, of other programs because yeah. simply I don't have, you know, I'm not, that's just not my, that's not my side of the street. You know what I mean? And I'd like to remain on my side of the street. Um, but the benefits of, of getting clean in Florida and getting clean in a facility in Florida and seeing all the, you know, the sideways stuff that goes on in Florida is, um, is that like, you know, you know how to, you know how to not operate. Okay. If that makes sense. You yeah. Know? Like, you know, you've seen, I've seen things that are just ghastly, mm -hmm. you know, terrible things uh, happen to people, uh, you know, being tricked into going to treatment and, you know, you name it, I've seen it. Um, and 
because I've been able to, I've been witness to stuff like that. It's very easy for me to operate within the guidelines, uh, you know, that the state has in place. Right. You know, and not cut corners just to make an additional, you know, dollar or two. Right. You know? Well, that's, that's good, right? The using teachable moments don't just have to come from yourself. Um, you can see something um, and choose to act a different way based on, I mean, that's what, this is all experience, strength, and hope. I took experience, strength, and hope from my sponsor now, my sponsor before that. Um, and some of the stuff was like, hey, you know, one of the two of the women would be like, I did X, Y, or Z, and it didn't, it worked out this way and be like, yeah, well, I'm not going to do that. Now, some of it I've learned from my own, um, but I like what you said, right? Like, it's not to vilify anyone here. And I do fully believe that um, this is a redemptive process we're human beings who are going to make mistakes. Um, I myself have done things that would not be, you know, Zen Buddha floating in the air recovery style. Um, but I have the opportunity to make amends for them and change my behavior. A sign that I saw this weekend while protesting said the best apology is changed behavior. Um, and I think that that's applicable in everything in our life. That person was definitely in recovery. Whoever. whoever oh yeah. <laughs> he was super off. chill. I talked to him for a second. I was like, Hey, can I take a picture of your sign? Yeah. Um, or he was, you know, maybe he was just, you know, a hippie or something. I don't know. Hey, I like no offense to the hippie population. I don't know. The hippies are great. Peace, love, baby. We need more of that in our life. Um, thank you, everyone who's here watching. Um, it's incredible to see you all. Hi, Max's mom. Hi, Lisa. It's nice to see you again. Um, and we are going to come back to your question in just a second. Um, but I'm really grateful for everyone that's here. You kind of already touched on this, um, but maybe you can elaborate a little bit. So we say we're people in recovery, right? We're working a program of long-term recovery, but it's not just that we're in recovery. We have a lifestyle of recovery. And for me, that looks like certain things that I'm doing, not only every day, but what I want to show up in the world as. Do you have anything else you'd like to elaborate on that really contributes to your lifestyle of recovery rather than just like showing up to meetings? Yeah, I mean, there's so, I mean, listen, for me, and it's not, it's not the same for everybody. Um, not right, everyone right. does 12 step, you know, the 12 step model. Um, recovery is just not one size fits all, especially in the year 2020, you know, there's, uh, there's just so many, you know, the more education we have on addiction and the more we normalize, um, you know, that it's a, that it's a condition and, and not just like some type of moral failing, uh, the, I believe, well, at least I hope that more funding will go into research and, you know, we'll have other, other options, you know, to, to, to seek, you know, long-term recovery. Um, that doesn't necessarily just limit us to 12 step. Now, listen, I'm not knocking the 12 steps. It's, it's what has worked for me. It's the only thing that's worked for me. Um, and, and, and I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> but to be a man in recovery for me, um, started with me doing the work on myself, mm -hmm. right. Um, and doing some analyzing of my own, uh, you know, my history and, and patterns and, uh, you know, specifically, and, and, and I'm really, really going to try not to get into too much like step work conversation because that's, okay. that's, that's really where the change happens for me. Right. It's a psychic change. It's, um, it's something that one, one day a, a switch was flipped and mm -hmm. I did not want to behave the way that I used to behave. Um, but you know, really what it comes down to is being able to identify all of the things that I did not like about myself. And that's where it really all started. Um, you know, not seeing on paper the things, the harm that I've caused to people, uh, the harm that I've caused different type of, uh, you know, 
industries and, and and all these different avenues of people, you know, that just taking advantage of, you know, man, woman, and child. Right. And, uh, and not doing that again, you know, yeah. and not just leaving that as the bar, not just setting the bar at, okay, well, you know, Jesse, just don't, you know, steal from people again. Don't try and manipulate people again. Try and do better, you know, mm-hmm. and then waking up each day and, and trying to raise that bar a little bit more. And, and today beyond, and beyond that, you know, I have six years clean. You know what I mean? There's a lot of times where I'll go into a meeting and, you know, I have the, the you know, the most, I don't want to say the most time, but like the longest amount of clean time, just call it what it is. Um, being the example for that person and, and, and showing and showing up in that way. Right. And, and I think that's, you know, a big part of being in recovery uh, as, as, as big as showing up to a meeting, uh, you know, as doing the work on yourself. I think the two go hand in hand. Right. Yeah. And, and practicing, you know, we, we work, uh, programs in different fellowships, but it's really the same, right? It's just like, I don't know, I, I was going to use a shirt situation, but we're both wearing black shirts, but you know, like, uh, maybe we're just wearing two different colored shirts, but they're the, both the same thing. It's the same principles and foundations just with a little bit of different pizzazz. And so, you know, practicing the principles in all your affairs. I'm just not familiar with your step work as well. Um, but that's really for me, what a lifestyle of recovery is. It's not just like showing up and doing the step work. It's what am I doing once I'm done meeting with my sponsor? What am I doing once I'm not sitting in front of a bunch of other, you know, junkies, right? What am I doing when the person cuts me off in traffic? Because those are the moments where the spiritual change happens. The person that I was three years ago or over three years ago now, would not have responded to the person cutting me off in traffic the same way. I am not perfect. I still slightly lose my mind. Um, but at the same point in time, I'm able to interact with people in a different way and also process things differently. People still hurt my feelings. My feelings were wicked hurt on Saturday. Like I was, I'm still mad. Um, but I get the opportunity to write inventory and talk to some other people and change my perspective and set up boundaries and yada, yada, yada. And that's where the program comes into action in our daily lives. And I think you do an incredible job of that um, because I, I can see it, right? It emanates from certain people. There's plenty of people that I see in the rooms who sure can quote a good book, but uh, what are you doing once you step outside of the meeting, you know? Um, and we all have opportunities for growth, myself included. I, I'm definitely not perfect. I... I have a 10 year long career of alcoholism and addiction that is uh, not going to be fixed in just three, you know? Um, so to take a question from Lisa, um, Lisa's here watching and she asked the question of why is tough love a good thing? Um, what do you think? Boundaries. Okay. That's That's, that's the biggest thing. So at my program, and, and I'm going to do a little bit of a plug really quick. So yeah. at my program at GETC, uh, we have, uh, the great Mark Wiltshire who, uh, who heads up our family night on Wednesdays. Um, mm-hmm. And our family night is not, it's not a billable service. It's not something that we, um, we, you know, document and, 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 you know, try and collect reimbursements for it's not, it's nothing like that. You know, we wanted something, my vision of the program before we'd even gotten started was, you know, how do we separate ourselves from the pack? How do we, uh, how do I hang my hat on this program and believe in the work that we're doing here? Right. right. And, and a big part, and, and I spoke to my clinical director, as well on this, um, and it's really a, and it's 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 treating addiction um, the way that I believe it should be treated as like a family thing, and and realizing that it's not just something that affects the individual, it affects the entire family. So, to bring it back, family night is not about necessarily 
the client that's at Georgia Addiction Treatment Center. Right. It's right. about having other members of the family, right? Mom, dad, sister, brother, cousin, whomever, um, joining that group and sharing their experience on situations that they've dealt with with this particular individual and uh, and allowing them to feel supported by one another, right? right. So the reason to, to, to summarize, the reason why I believe that tough love is important is because I'll, and I'm not a parent and I'm not a, I'm not a mom and I could never understand what a mother's love is or you know what it's like. But I imagine it's very difficult to watch someone that you love very dearly destroy mm -hmm. their lives and you want so desperately to shield them from all the pain that comes along with it. Um, but simply put, you're just not going to make somebody do something they're not ready to do. Right, and right. Uh, tough love is sometimes the jarring shock that somebody needs to understand that this is bigger than just them. And um, the feelings that go along with showing somebody tough love is, you know, for the for the addict, you know, and I'll just speak from my own experiences, you know, you feel abandoned and you feel all mm -hmm. the, you know, betrayed and, and all these things. And you can expect to hear those things when you're showing somebody tough love. Right. But um, man, this man that I respect very, very much, his name is Will. He said to me, he said, he said this to me, uh, you know, years ago when I had first gone clean, he said, you baby the addict, you bury the addict. And that wow. shit always stuck with me. That's powerful for being some simple words, you know? Yeah. And I, for, and I apologize for cursing. I'm really going to try and curse. <laughs> it's okay. You're allowed to on here. I, I let it rip sometimes. I try and do a good job. Um, actually, funny little tiny anecdote. It will take only a second. But so my mother, she would always say like, oh, I'm going to give up. It happened a couple of times when I was growing up. I'm going to give up cursing for Lent. And then I kid you not, like within two minutes, uh, a shit or whatever would, you know, come out of her mouth and like, she, she had the mouth of a sailor, but the heart of a saint. So I think it's okay. I think, I think we're okay with the cussing. I understand that, uh, maybe not everyone loves it, but this is an 18 and up podcast. So, uh, you know, we're good. So I appreciate it though. Anyway. Um, so it's incredible that people are here and, uh, bringing your questions as we're taping on Facebook live. So feel free to chime in with any one of those things or, um, make a comment, um, as you're watching. And I appreciate that. So that topic that we just had of tough love piggybacks kind of off of last week's episode or excuse me, the week before, cause last week I was on pause. Um, but with Lauren, when we were talking about H and on, um, and other family groups, um, you know, H and on is for those who are family members of anyone suffering from a heroin or any opioid or opiate addiction. Um, so if you are a family member and you're listening and want to know how to maybe better tough love your family or have other resources, um, shoot me on, an email or a DM and we'll get you connected um, to the H non program or any other family group. Um, and you can get some great resources because even if you're an addict, I think it's great. Like I don't have an official qual. Well, I mean, I guess I do have an official qualifier, but um, I have to deal with people who are addicts and alcoholics. And I've sat in on some of those meetings and I probably need to do some Al-Anon or H non or Co-Anon or find a fucking Onan or uh, work. But and while we're on the topic of love, um, so on this podcast, a couple times I've talked about relationships, um, <laughs> me not being in one nor anywhere near one. Um, you are in an incredibly healthy relationship of two people that are in long-term recovery that I very much so look up to. Um, so 
while we're talking about love, um, can you give some feedback or some tips to someone who may be starting out a relationship with someone who's also sober and clean or um, I don't know, kind of give us like, what's it like for you um, in a healthy oh, way? That's okay. A <laughs> That's a lot. It's a, I mean, and I've told this story so many times, you know what I mean? Um, and trust me, I'm 29 years old and I've been in a lot of relationships that I'm not proud uh, mm -hmm. to say that, you know, it didn't end up successful. Right. And, um, and they were all learning experiences for me. You right. know what I mean? I ended up in the relationship that I am, that I'm in today because I've made so many mistakes in previous relationships and made a conscious decision to, to change the things that I fell short on previously. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really as simple as that. Oh, it's not as simple as that. Right. That's how I, that's how I ended up even being open to being in a new relationship. Okay. Right? My history is that I've been unfaithful. I've been a, a liar. I've been, um, you know, I, I'm narcissistic and, 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 it, and everything's about me, 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 right. That's, that's my history of relationships. Um, it wasn't until to let everybody know, like my girlfriend's name is Alex, um, and she should be home any minute. <clears throat> but um, <laughs> when her and I first met, I had just gotten out of a relationship, um, and it wasn't because I made the decision to to get out of the relationship. Um, I was not faithful, um, and I don't say that to brag or to boast. I'm just it's, that's this the truth, and it's not right. something that I'm proud of. But it's just what, you know how it happened, um, and I was caught. Um, you know, doing some extracurricular activity um, <laughs> because I'm just not slick with it. And, right. um, and I never have been and I never will be. Um, and it was at that moment that I remember my sponsor at the time had you know, had mentioned to me that it's important to, to, to remember that, you know, we're trying to change our attitudes and behaviors. And if you're in a 12-step fellowship and you're doing the work, but you're not changing the fundamental behaviors and thought patterns, then... Mm -hmm. You know what are you really what are you really trying to accomplish right using not using drugs is great you know what i mean but like i said before you want to continue to elevate that bar right yes. um and i just was not doing that right so the catalyst for me and i realized this through doing step work um has always been humiliation that is always the catalyst for me to want to change some type of behavior is when i'm exposed right okay. in a public way um because i'm an egomaniac and uh, and i was and um, it took me having to go through those experiences um, to do the work on myself too. And when I say the work on myself, and you hear a lot of people say, "Oh, I do the work on myself," but they never really explained, you know, what that work is. Um, and and I and I went into it a little bit before, but I'll go into it again. It's really uh, taking a deep look into the people that I've hurt, specifically in relationships. Right when I had done step four, I realized that my biggest section in that inventory was relationships um and it wasn't just romantic relationships it was friendships it was you know my relationship with my folks and and all different types of things but needless you know but suffice it to say that romantic relationships took up the most uh paper right. on my inventory and when i saw all that stuff on paper it was like wow you know this is like I, it's undeniable i can't you know deny not that i'm a piece of shit, but just that like i have a pattern of like uh you know straight it's not denial. What is it? It's um, dishonesty. Okay. And it's not dishonesty. I mean, it is dishonesty with the other person, but it's more dishonesty with myself. Yeah. Right. 
um, my pattern was that I would stay in relationships past their expiration date because mm -hmm. I have this thing inside me that wants to be loved by everybody, right? Yeah. And I hate to deliver bad news, right? So instead of me saying, I don't want to be with you, what I'll do in this convoluted way of thinking, my solution to that problem is cheat right? or do something wild to make you break up with me yeah. so that I'm not the asshole. And that's such a skewed way of thinking, but that had been my pattern in relationship after relationship after relationship. And I got to a place where I was, you know, and it, and it says this in, you know, some literature, you know, you like, you get beaten enough to the point of reasonability. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was. I was like, okay, I see it. Here I am. This is my pattern. Right. Um, you know, so that's how I got, and I, and I met Alex shortly thereafter. Right? Wow. That's and really cool. That's the, that's the very, you know, not really detailed version of, you know, how, how her and I met, but that was the, the mind space that I was right. in when we had met. Right. Um, I don't want to hijack this thing. So I can, I could go into, I could literally talk all day about my relationship. You know, <laughs> well, maybe because, you and I'll have to have a, another chat and you'll come back on here and talk about it. Cause I think it's, um, it's an iffy topic in the rooms, right? Cause we're not to be the arbiter of anyone else's sex conduct. Um, but you got a bunch of you know, adults who are interested in each other and probably need some valuable advice. Um, and as my father would always say, you don't look to the homeless man for financial advice and you don't look to, you know, the routine cheater for relationship advice. You don't look to, you know, whatever, right. You look to someone who's doing it successfully. Like I incredibly look up to my parents' marriage. Um, and every relationship in my life has been a failure because I'm single now, you know? Um, but I really like what you said about the like self-sabotaging so you can get out of it kind of in an easy way for lack of a better term. Because I remember right before I broke up with my ex, which has been well over a year now, um, I just was, I said something to one of my close friends, like if only he would just cheat on me or get high, then I like, this would be so much easier. Right. But what I had to do is pick up my, or pull up my big girl panties and realize I had to you know, have healthy boundaries and take care of myself because I was definitely no longer happy. Um, and, um, it just wasn't the right relationship for either of us. And he's happy now with who he's with. And I am happy for him because that's all I ever wanted was for him to be happy. Um, so I think that's great that you really took like an honest self-appraisal and grew from that. Um, and I'm sure other people out there who are either struggling in a relationship or are looking to be in one could use that, including myself. Um, I so want to also that. just mention this really quick yeah, before we go to whatever the next topic is. It did not stop there for okay. me. It did not just because like I made the decision to like not cheat anymore mm -hmm. and you know, do all you know do the the stuff that I used to do. It does not just simply go away. Like the thought right. of doing it does not just go away. Um, it takes a lot of work. It takes so much work. Um, to the point where, you know, I'm a big advocate for therapy. I'm a huge advocate for therapy. Because, oh, yeah. and, I, and I used to not be, I used to not be really a, 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 an advocate for relationship counseling and stuff. Um, until I, you know, I had a conversation with my, my sponsor at the time and he had mentioned that, um, you know, and he was one of the people that you spoke about, you know I mean? You, you look to somebody who has what you want and he was in a, in a marriage, in a healthy marriage for a number of years. And, uh, and he had he mentioned to me that, you know, if somebody has a job, right, if this is their profession, this is what they do to make a living for themselves and their family, right. and you have a problem and they have that and they do that for work, 
chances are going to talk to this person cannot harm your relationship. You stand mm-hmm. to gain so much more from talking to this person than you, than you stand to like not see this person. Right. But, um, so I'm a big advocate for therapy. Um, if for no reason at all, just for the accountability. And, and, and for me, like, that's what I need in my life is, is, is like, like you mentioned before being in recovery, what are you doing? You know, the, 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 the 23 hours of the day that you're not sitting in that hour long meeting or the hour and a half long meeting or whatever it is, you know, how am I behaving when I'm not with my significant other? Right. right. Am I able to leave my phone flipped up, you know, and not have to worry about, the people that are texting me or, or something like that. Yeah. And um, because it, it was, I was conditioned to like be sneaky for a mm-hmm. long, long time. And, um, and you know, it took, it took me for real. And this is just me being honest. It, it took a long time, like of me banging my head on the wall and, you know, change to, to change those behaviors. Um, right. But God bless Alex. Like she, you know, had a, a history that wasn't so different from mine. And, and, and we were able to like work through those things and we still continue to, to, to work on those things. It's, it's not easy to do. Um, but when you find someone, uh, for me, and this is just for me, I found somebody that I really want to make, uh, a life with, right. You're willing to like work. It's just so much more rewarding to walk through emotions with another person than mm-hmm. it is to cut and run. Yeah. That's just, that's just how it is for me. That's, that's growth, right? That's what, that's what adults do. You know, it's a practical way of living that isn't everything. And um, I like how you talked about therapy. I'm a big proponent for therapy. I see multiple therapists because I'm extra fucked up. Um, but oh, yeah. there are so many issues. And because this podcast is not affiliated with any fellowship, I can talk about outside issues and people can listen to it or not. Um, there's so many issues in my life. I can only speak on my experience. They're just not solvable with steps, right? Trauma, um, things that are just the steps solve 98% of my life. There's also other things that my sponsor who is not a therapist can't help me with. And there's nothing wrong with that. And she, and I both recognize that. And she's like, Hey, we'll go talk to your therapist about this one thing. Or I do that with my sponsees, right? Like I'm not qualified to talk about that. I've never had that experience. I have zero degrees, right? maybe talk to a professional who has a completely unbiased opinion. Like I go to my therapist and I'll say something and she doesn't know who, you know, Sally, Tom and June are that have pissed me off and she can give me unbiased information. Right. Um, so incredible points that you brought up. Is there anything else that you've done outside of therapy and step work to make yourself ready for either a relationship or something else in your life? Yeah, it's it's creating. So I read this book. I can't remember the name of it, man. But it was this book, and uh, it was by this this doctor on relationships, and uh, and 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 it talked a, a big part of like there was a chapter, and it talked about creating like a sacred space, you know, with your partner, and um and and just making sure that as much uh, of my life with that person right. is it includes one another. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And and that's something that you know. It's 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 a really really thin line, you know what I mean? Because and I'm sure we're probably going to get into it. It's like separating my relationship with somebody that's in recovery with my own recovery, yeah, um, and, and and stuff like that. But it's it's also like I want to create memories with this person, right? And so because I want to do that, mm-hmm. uh, I have to commit to that idea. And I, you know, for me, don't want to create memories that don't include this person, right? right? Okay. So I invite Alex. And she does the same for me. Uh, you know, we invite each other 
into everything that we do. You know what I mean? Chances are, if you see me, you're going to see her. Right, um, right. You know, we might be up by like your way or something like that, up like the Johns Creek area, which is like really far from where I live. And sometimes she yeah. just doesn't feel like making the drive. I wouldn't um, either. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that's a big part of it is just making the commitment, um, you know, to that person um, that you want all, not for, I'll just say what it is, man. I'm not going to apologize for saying, making all of my memories include her yeah you know sharing and absolutely everything that's partnership rather than just you know being two people together you're actually complement each other right you know right. um well i have mad respect your tolerance go you know first stuff goes uh, goes up also oh, you know, yeah? i imagine it's like having a child and i'm not trying to say that alex is is like my child at all <laughs> that's what i'm trying to get at but I'm, what i'm saying is that um you know the more especially in quarantine and i've okay. realized it's tolerance for um you know sometimes i just get like exhausted uh with speaking about listen my job is very um is uh it's not always easy yeah. right it's um and it, and it requires a lot of attention to detail and when i come home my relationship requires a lot of attention to detail right and yeah. being in yeah. so my, i've been because of covid19 my facility has been operating remotely for going on four months now. I have not wow. left the house. I haven't gone into the office for, you know, for a while. Um, and, um, and I've been spending pretty much all my time at home with, with, with Alex. Um, and it's not, it's, you, you start to see that the fights, you know, become a little bit more petty, right. you know, uh, you know, the disagreements become like, uh, you stole my favorite coffee mug. Now I hate you. And something crazy comes out of that. Right. Yeah. I can't even, I can't even, I, mean, I wouldn't be embarrassed to say like the things that her and I have like gotten into like just little tips over and stuff I like that. It. Just like we'll be, literally be the only two people in the house and she'll like interrupt me in a thought and uh, <laughs> don't interrupt me. You know? right. and, then we'll, uh, and then just stuff like that. You know Crazy I mean? stuff. Um, but, but that what I'm doing to bring it back to my point is that, you know, being a part of something like that mm -hmm. makes your tolerance, you know, for, uh, for just like stupid bullshit, you know, and, and giving you the, giving me the ability to work through it and like right. you know, see what's actually important that that's, that's elevated. And not turn a 50 cent issue into a dollar problem. Well, yeah. I have mad respect for both of you and I don't know Alex well, but I've always had this like very platonic girl crush on her. Cause I hear lots of great things and that she loves Fleetwood Mac just as much as I do. Um, so big fan of both of you. So thanks for um, being vulnerable. All right, and sharing yeah, that experience. She's really hot. <laughs> I know. Um, but anyway, so thanks for sharing your experience and your vulnerability of like the the history, right? We, we can learn from our history if we are honest and willing to do the uncomfortable work with it. Um, and that's what I strive to do all the time. Um, so as we kind of come to a close before I do my little housekeeping stuff, is there maybe a little tidbit of wisdom, um, something you've either learned recently or something that has stuck with you in your time in recovery that you'd like to leave with people? Sure. Um, I think that the biggest thing, and it's, and it's always, it changes, you know, week after week to week. Um, but I, what, what's touching my spirit right now is, um, you know, what do I want out of my own recovery, right? Mm -hmm. How free do I want to be? Amen. Um, the best gift that I've been able to receive since being clean is the gift of perceptual change. Mm -hmm. And like you said, not allowing 50 cent 
problems. I don't remember how you said it. So you said it, you know, brilliantly, but I can't say it like that. But turning 50 cent problems into a dollar problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, seeing uh, embarrassing moments is an opportunity, right? For right. An, an opportunity for growth. Um, and, 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 and that's the, as, as long as I stay clean, as long as I stay alive, I'm going to be presented with issues after issues after issues. Um, and it's going to condition me you know, for the future on how to handle those, those difficulties, you know, better. Right. Um, that's, that's probably the best gift that I've been given is, is not allowing myself to crumble under, uh, under crazy amounts of pressure, uh, more times than not. Yeah. I love it. I love it a lot. That's awesome. Um, you know, this, uh, there's so many things out there. It's an ever growing, ever changing every 24 hours, right? We get to learn something new. And I, there are times where I want to be like, I'm just done for, I just want a 24 hour break or even, even longer sometimes, right? Like I want to go on vacation and, and, and be on vacation from all this crap, right? All this stuff that's in my head. Um, but that's when the moments of growth happen is when we're most uncomfortable. Um, I'm kind of done with 2020 being uncomfortable though. So if we could get something good, like, I don't know. Disney could drop. I would, a like, to, I would like to agree with you on done, you know, <laughs> 2020 being uncomfortable, but I think that we'd be remiss if we didn't mention this really, really quickly. So okay, please. you and I, we, you and I were talking about, you know, we, you, before we, I had mentioned that I was feeling really, really heavy, yeah. uh, you know, before this podcast and just feeling like a lot of stuff in my spirit. And, um, and as much as that's been like a theme in, in my, what's going on in my world over the mm -hmm. last two, three weeks, um, I can't look away. Yeah. You know, it's not going to help me to, to, to disconnect, to not look at Facebook, to not be involved in what's going on in the world, uh, to, to, and to, and to continue on to having the difficult conversations to push the conversation forward into what hopefully will materialize into a solution. Amen to that. Yeah. You have to stand up no matter how hard it is. Um, it would be nice if we didn't have to, but that's not reality. Um, so right. thank you, everyone. You're right. <laughs> you and me both. I think that, that uh, is like 10 year gap for me. Um, but so thank you, everyone who's been here uh, watching and everyone who's listening and will listen um, when this tapes uh, or drops on the audio. Um, thank you, Lisa, for bringing your question and shout outs to Shane, Matt and Jarrett for chiming in as they watched. Oh, and Steve. I don't know you, Steve, but what's up? Hey, Brown, um, my dog. I love it. Um, call my dog. So uh, if you are a fan of this podcast, please subscribe on Spotify and or iTunes. You can get weekly episodes which drop on Mondays. They're up at midnight. So they're up there before you even wake up for the morning um, or go to bed. Um, and then you can watch us Facebook Live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Um, I will have an awesome guest again next week. Um, and stay updated with the Instagram page at Control Issues 19. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't make a point about this. Um, is that um, I am currently taking a stand in support of the Black Lives Matter movement, and I have firmly believed in that um, for a long time. Um, during this time, I've had an opportunity to not only check um, my intentions and motives, but also edify myself, um, on lots of things, having uncomfortable moments. So I strongly urge those, um, who may feel differently than me or may feel, um, bits and pieces of parts of the movement, um, that you educate yourself. If you would like resources, do not hesitate to reach out to me. Um, I can give you some really uncomfortable, fun learning materials. Um, cause I have made mistakes and I have said things that, um, I, 
I was just ignorant and dumb. Um, and I firmly believe uh, that if you stand up for what you believe in, um, it may be a little lonely, but as well worth it. And that's the only way you can be a part of change. So get out there, educate yourself, um, listen, listen, um, and um, yeah, go vote. If you didn't have time to go vote today, go vote in a few months, right? Like that. Um, and I am ever so grateful for everyone that was here. Like I said, if you want to get in touch with me, find me on Facebook or on Instagram and uh, we'll get connected. So thank you so much. And with that, grace and peace, my friends. Oh, 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 oh,